All right, so welcome to the No Ledge Podcast. Your host, Oso. I'm here with Shane Arthur and special guest, Aaliyah. Hi. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, how y'all feeling? Good. Ooh. Uh, Okay. Not very great. But that's, you know, that's just my normal. Why not very great? I mean, you're alive, you're breathing, you're achieving. Right. I mean, that's... that's (laughs) That's the right. That's the average stuff. That's the stuff to be thankful for. But like, just in general, how I'm feeling, uh, a lot could be better. But you know, that's up to me. You know. What do you think will make you feel better? Oh man, listen, that's another podcast, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's not this one. <laughs> you set out a whole docket of what we're gonna do today, and my mental health was not mm. on it. And nobody cares about your masculine yeah. feelings. So anyway. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so you just watched the video, um, new video by uh, Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B, WAP. How did you feel about it? I loved it. I really did. I truly enjoyed it. And like, I wasn't... I wasn't like into the song at first because I was so mesmerized by the visuals. But then, like after watching it for like the fifth time, I was like, "Okay, this song kind of, you know, this song kind of slaps." Well, damn, what? fifth time. Oh, Devon, <laughs> Devon, so why don't you set up the video? Why don't you? <laughs> what <are> you... <laughs> I was just, just I'm whole... going to turn it on so I have you hear it. I mean, yeah, just I'm... the rundown. I mean, personally, I felt like, I mean, I agree with Leah. I feel like it was colorful. I mean, as far as visually, I feel like it was colorful. It was, um, what's the word? When things are just like aligned properly, I guess. Like the way they did the, the way they did the patterns, the house. I don't know if anybody else got like Beetlejuice vibes from it. I'm not sure if yeah. that was supposed to be tied into it. Just something that made me think of. And it was, um, and it was really like fantastic. Like when I was watching it, it was just like, I felt like a kid again, you know, watching like cartoons and commercials. And you know how right. they specifically market to kids because it's colorful. It's very like, it's very vibrant and there's so much to look at. That's how I felt. I felt like a kid again. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was watching it and um, the first thing I thought, even when I saw like the gates, I'm like, oh, this is like an old school Hype Williams directed, you know, music video. This is a music video with budget. This is not just some people, you know, a gang of people with some cars outside of a deli, which, you know, has its own, you know, merit. But you can see that there was definitely, yeah, there were some art directors involved. There was some set design involved. Um, Really, they really showed the fuck out, like. Reminded me of really it reminded me of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because you know how oh, you definitely that's another one. Like, wow, this is gonna be interesting. I, I knew I knew it was gonna it was gonna be a weird one when we went through the fountain with the titties that are just spraying yeah. water. You know what? When I get rich, that's what I aspire to. I want to have a titty fountain, like. <laughs> I was like, okay, the, uh, that's the, the, the awesome powers vibes, yeah. <laughs> and awesome power city fountain. Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was good. I mean, 
I felt like, um, I mean, I felt like it was a long time coming. I was a little bit confused because of like the, you know, when I can catch it and actually see these things like on Twitter and shit, like I saw a lot of Megan, the stallion and Cardi B back and forth. So I was surprised they even decided to get some money together on this, you know? Right. I mean, also I wasn't like, I wasn't in the probably ever going to watch it, but you know, you brought it up. So I checked it out. Um, well, I mean, because like there, there was a reason. Right, but I mean, Meg is Meg is an amazing artist and an amazing rapper, but I don't, I just never listened to Meg like that. But she definitely snapped on this track. Like, her pocket, like, her the rhyme scheme, everything was, was on point. I was, I was really feeling it. Yeah, she definitely it's gave a lot of Instagram-worthy captions for that one, and I'm like, I really <laughs> can't wait to leave it out and, like... <laughs> You know, take a picture, you know, for the gram and just put it as my put it as my caption. <laughs> Definitely, I, Devon. I'm gonna need you to never do that again. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just real quick, I, I know you thought you could slide that in there, but no, we're not we're not accepting that. You don't know. You don't even know how much that happens in my house. You have no idea. Breakfast is ready. Ah. <laughs> oh no! No. <laughs> I think it's fucking how you, hilarious. How do, you, how do you say goodbye to Amanda in the morning? All right, I'm off to work. Mwah. <laughs> no, Mwah is Jada Kiss. What do you mean? It's Jada to Mwah. No, I'll see you does, later. No, she does that too. Oh, I never heard that. I don't. You I don't get I mean, up on your Meg. I hear her yeah. music. I hear her music. I look for it. I don't ever have to get up on my Meg <laughs> music. I don't. That was that's, that's never gonna happen that way. Um. <laughs> so. So despite liking the music video, there is a point, there is a part of this that honestly I was disturbed by and it has become like a talking point um on on Twitter and different uh social media platforms. Um how did y'all feel about the the Kylie Jenner part? It was weird. Uh, so I follow Justin J on um So he was saying keep the culture vultures out the culture. And I felt that, like she had, she didn't have a place there, honestly. I really felt like she just didn't have a place. So it's like, okay, why are you here? <laughs> but see, so I was thinking about it, and I think that her and Meg now have some kind of relationship. So that might have been a part of it. Um, you know, Kylie Jenner is worth like a billion dollars. So if oh, they say if right and not self-made, of course. But if Meg is doing something to finagle a bag, I'm definitely with it. That I can understand. That I mean, that would be to me the only reason why she's there, because otherwise it's just weird. Like the whole video stops for her to walk down a hall, and I'm like, yo, what are we doing? Exactly, and that's why I was just like, what? What even is this? Like, you could have had so many other, you know, body positive and sex positive women there. Like, you could have had Lizzo. You could have had, like, Nico Nasty or, you know, and everyone else that's, you know, that fits in that, that category. It's like, why her? Also, Lizzo's been quiet. Anybody read I mean, it? after all the, all the twerking incidents that have been had, she finally put the, she finally put the ass away. 
I think she's just more focused on, you know, helping people now because, you know, we're in a pandemic and, you know, you have a lot of people facing different hardships. Like, you know, we're getting ready to have mass evictions all over the country. You know, many people are going to be homeless. People, you know, have run out of that first stimulus check because, you know, let's be real, if you live in a certain state, that 1200 ain't covering much of shit. So, you know, you had people trying to figure out whether they were going to pay their bills or whether they're going to eat. So, you know, we're, we're in a really different time. And, you know, maybe it is time for celebrities just to just sit down, shut up and open their purse and help us out. That's a very I mean, good point. Have, I think that's sort of always been the case, but um, I don't know. I mean, I I mean, I don't follow her on um, I don't follow her on anything. I mean, it's it's more of just I I tap into I tap into the network when I need to find <laughs> when I need to find <laughs> something out about Lizzo or Kylie Jenner or, or whatever the case is. I mean, I'm gonna jump right out the window and say the way that I felt, and that was I feel like they took a moment Real for quick. I feel Real like quick. that moment was for America. No, I wanted to say real quick. Um, I hope Lizzo jumps into her soul bag. If we could, because I the last her last album was really good, and she had a great voice. If we could get her a little less pop and a little more soul, I think we'd have an entirely different Lizzo, especially with that flute, flute game on point. Yeah, That's, it depends. It depends on how much money she wants. Does she want money? Does she want money today, which is in the pop game, or does she want a legacy where she has money forever? The songs that are going to continuously be replayed and streamed and continue, uh, that she's going to continue to get royalties from, that would be the soul category. But I don't know which way she's trying to go. Give me a Lizzo X Solange. It's a lot easier to market artists as pop artists first, and then they transition because, like, look at how a lot of artists have gone. Like, you know, like, in sync how Justin Timberlake was in, you know, a pop group and he was pop for a while, you know, got his name and then sadly he transitioned into R and B and Justified was the album. Aaliyah sadly. Come, don't do that. sadly. Come on, don't do that. Justified I mean, I mean he had a couple, you know, little diddlies, you know, when he was when he was doing it, but like, you know, now just looking at it, it's like wow, like, you know, this really happened. I mean, it didn't really happen. Wait, are you gonna take you gonna take Dirty Pop over um, <laughs> over the other track? I wanna be a Broadway show. See what I see. Come on, he was killing it. I mean, some of the songs were. Like somebody stuck in a mirror. Yo, my two thousand what two thousand two thousand one was fucking Justified and Jill Scott's first album. Yeah, I was a little. I wasn't really into Bill Scott like that. Or yeah, my my parents put me on. I was I was in there talking about grizzits. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, your mom cleaning the house, waking you up with the the Jill Scott or the Erica Badu blast, and can't clean the house. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Nah, mine was Anita Baker and club music. And club music. Yeah, you don't. Oh wow. How does your mom? I can't sweep like that. I can't sweep like that. Music, (laughs) like the old cookout music. Oh man, Shane, you got the talk. (laughs) We used to call Tyrone washing dishes. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Candles lit. Time to sweep. Yep. (laughs) 
Fucking classics. Well, um, all right. So yeah, so to go back to what I was saying about the uh the 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 Kylie Jenner Kylie Jenner cameo was that um just jumping out the window. I just I felt like it was worship. I felt like it was worship of a white woman. I feel like it was worship of this the the Kardashian Jenner family, and I didn't like it. It was a huge turnoff for the whole video. How do you have these two beautiful black women? you know, expressing themselves in this song, making a dope song, and you stop their voices so this woman can walk down a hallway. Exactly. Right. And then that, it's like, I, I like that you, how you said that it was like a like a point of worship. And, you know, it, it's crazy how a lot of Black women idolize the Kardashians. And it's like, they're paying money to have the body that you have naturally. Why are you looking up to her? Why are you following behind her? And it's just, you know, and especially the need to be white in that sense. Like, right. you know, it's like what Justin J said. It's like you, you y'all follow these women and it's like you can't you can never be like them. Like you can't even touch like the hem of their skirt. And this is who you follow. Well, before we could even, before anybody could even, you know, come out and try to say it's not about worship, it's not, um, it's not this, it's not that. We have to remember the fact that this is a music video. I feel like people watch music videos and and somehow interpret it as like this is them like recording the studio. Like, no, there's studio sessions for months. There's showing up to the to the to the video to the video shoot and costume for hours and days and weeks, what what have you. So we have to remember that they said yes to this. They said yes. They looked at it. They loved it enough to keep it in the final shoot. So this is a, a, a very conscious decision that was made. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And on the side note of that too, I watched I watched a reaction video of some guys just like a, it was like five guys watching the video, and they loved it. They loved everything that they saw. But then when Kylie Jenner came in, it was oh oh shit! You see her? And I was like, yo, what do you niggas see? What do y'all see? <laughs> yeah, nah, I, I, I was definitely not doing that. I was just more confused because you had mentioned it and, the, and that part came up and I was like, wait, what is this? What are we What are we doing right now? There's mm-hmm. a petition right now to cut that part out. Word? Yeah, and it's real popular. It's multiple pages that are trying to get signatures to get her out of that video. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting. I, when I was I watching that, I was I mean, also I looking one, two, at. Three. I mean, I I was also looking at, like I, I can understand. I can't understand, but I hear, I can hear the people, you know, figuratively, like, oh, this is just selling sex, blah blah blah. But I was like, that's the stuff that they were doing in that video was not easy. Like, I'm sure those those snakes were probably around them, and to pull off these model looks and to have them in the sand and all that other stuff. Like it's, it's still a production and having been in like, like been around uh, like musical theater and all kinds of theater and movies and stuff. Production is a lot and it's very tasking getting in and out of costumes and remembering dance moves. Now that people really think it's a one day thing. Yeah, no, that shit is difficult. It's not just to get in there in skimpy outfits and we can be sexy and then that's it. Like, it's also difficult to try to be sexy for a camera. It it doesn't go off that easy like that. So it takes a lot. What I think is, what I think the real problem is and why why everyone's saying, oh, it's just selling sex and this and that, it's the reason it's because 
not only is it women expressing their sexuality in such a way that it's just like raw and unfiltered, it's the fact that just black women are expect expressing their their sexuality in that way too. There is a heavy like racial tone to it because if it was just a bunch of white women, it'd be fine. Right, it would just be girls going wild, and then everybody exactly. would shut up. Exactly, like like and you know, it's like ill. Like black women are exp- expressing a sexuality that, yes, I have as well, but I don't want to see that sexuality. And you have to think of of like where that comes from. They think that we're just, you know, people that make babies, and sexuality for black women doesn't exist because. We just have so many children and how how we have them at a wedlock and things like that, which is slightly inaccurate, but that, you know, colors the way that people see us in music videos and how they see Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi. And the sexuality of Black people in general is is seen as something to be sold and not something to be, you know, taken in. Exactly. And, and... Romanticized. Yeah, many facets. I don't even know why. I mean, this is, I mean, from what comes to mind to me was uh, the situation that was had in porn, like, I want to say maybe like two years ago, two or three years ago, where they had a huge issue in terms of um, interracial porn and like what counted as interracial, what didn't. And you had actresses saying, you know, I don't want to, I want more money. It was going to be a black dude. And it's just, even in something that I don't know how do you even explain it like the idea of porn is supposed to be protected and 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 rooted in privacy but to see it in a different light where you have to remember this is a business too it was nasty to see you know what i mean right but you know part of that you know what i found out a part of that like uh women get wanting to get paid more for doing scenes with black guys is because the black guys they have always have like the elephant trunk dick and it's like so if you look at porn as a business the vagina is a tool so if you're or an instrument rather if you're gonna take something that is going to strain my instrument i need to get more money for that dog like that i can understand when it was put to me that way i was like oh yeah that's true I know what you're saying, and that is, and that, and that can be the case too. But I'm saying that some of this is rooted, was rooted in, in racism too. There was actually like oh, a of whole, course, but yeah, that's, that's just a, obvious. Yes, yeah, of course. Like people that being, I'm not working for these studios anymore, so on and so forth. Yeah, that and the societal impression of a white woman having sex with a black guy, it makes her less desirable in the eyes of other white men. So it's like, okay, if I'm gonna do it, like I gotta tax them for this because. This is gonna have some implication later down the line, right? Right. Which was the issue? Which was a lot of the issue that was had, which had people, you know, writing their think pieces. Excuse me. Which had people writing their think pieces about it and just saying, like, look, you know, this is the attitude of this studio. I'm not gonna work for them anymore. I can't. Not with not with um this this tone deaf uh idea that they spew. And um, I mean, I'm just speaking on just just different places where. Black people are overly sexualized and then criticized for it. Like, you should be selling yourself, but then we're going to be critical of you for selling yourself? How does, I don't understand how that makes sense. Yeah, it's all a a real crazy double standard. 
and then even when it comes to this song it's like people complaining that the song is very sexual and so on and so forth what else were you looking for with cardi b (laughs) i don't i don't know um even so again uncle luke exists like (laughs) you know like we can't pick and choose we we already went through this we went through this whole thing already stop it that and songs who aren't as as like sexually explicit you have rappers who have the same kinds of music and it's like why is this okay for them to do but when two women do it it's you know a whole uprising not for nothing i've been i mean it even like kind of disturbs me to watch uh the baby videos where he's literally like dry humping women in the videos i'm just like yo like (laughs) But oh, nobody says the, anything. About, what, nobody says anything the, about that. They only that's talk what the baby about, be like, doing. Him, I, I don't know. He punched. Know. Him. All they talk about is how the baby be punching people. <laughs> the baby be beating the fans the fuck up. Yeah, that was a meme. That was a meme. That was a meme. Yeah, he got but, a problem. Um, and I, I really wanted to work out for the baby because I. I am a big fan of yeah. Oh, real quick, just real quick interjection. It was, it was really interesting. I was <laughs> like Dave Chappelle said. Um, but nah, I was in um Shake Shack one time a couple years ago, and I'm with I'm with my girl, my now fiance, and she's like, I'm sitting there. There's this huge dude, right? And there's a whole bunch of people and like kids, not kids, but they're like early twenties or whatever. And then there's this dude wearing like a grill and like a single chain. I'm like, he's a new rapper. She's like, how do you know that? I'm like, bodyguard, these are his friends, slash entourage, but not a lot of chains on. He's a new rapper. Mm. And she's like, you can't know that. You don't know that. And then like the next couple months, we hear Suge and we go and we see him. I'm like, that's the dude from Shake Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I told That's you. Him, I told you. <laughs> no, never that. It's the baby. I'm like, I was like, <laughs> it was like, who's that rapper? It's the baby. But yeah, he's, and he was hilarious. like, when I saw him, he was like real cool. Like, he's a real cool dude. And uh, that's why I, I just want him to succeed. I don't want him to beat people up. Until he slaps his talent for bringing a phone out. Yo, I, I just I want him to succeed. I don't want him to yeah. do that. He beat that He beat that one kid up and it was totally justified. Everyone was really excited. We were like, yo, the baby isn't somebody to fuck with. And then we could, he could have stopped there. I would, uh, uh, like he's he's dope. He's a dope dude. The dude like, he fucked up in the hotel, the I was like, nah, this he's out this is outrageous. This is outrageous. The baby needs to be put to bed. I don't know no. about that. <laughs> I can honestly say, like, okay, we don't need those kind of punchlines. Because he he told him not to take pictures of him and his daughter. He told him that. But if you do that anyway, I can see why you probably got touched. I I, I understand one hundred percent. Yeah, I can't be mad at that. Where you do not disrespect me, but. I also don't have, I'm not like a high profile person. You know, you have security for that. You don't have to put your hands on people anymore. Right. That's the thing. I see. That's, it's not that I don't condone that if he, if he, if he did that, but it's something that he doesn't have to do anymore. 
Like, come on, bro. You got I, yo. I I saw his. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the. I don't know if he's still his main bodyguard or whatever. But the dude is huge. He's bigger than you and me, Devon. And that's saying something. We're not super wow, tall, but that's that. Oh, it's, oh, it's on, if somebody's bigger than you, that's, that 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 dude. That's a large dude. <laughs> like, is it was scary. Like, I was like, oh man, he could. He can throw multiple yeah, grown ass man say another grown ass man is scary. I don't even know. I don't even want to see the dude. <laughs> bro, no, he was like a small Kong, like a small Kong ass nigga. Listen, but I, the cool I am thing, intimidated. See, the the funny thing was, I didn't even talk to the baby. I was talking to the the bodyguard because he had these really amazing tattoos of like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and shit all over his body. Like it was. It was. They were really detailed and really good. You saw we his were whole body. What is going on? What happened in the station? Yeah, he, it was. It was. A, it was a summer. It was a summer. He had on. Uh, he had on like a tank of shorts, and you could see the tats. Oh. Like the tats were really, really good. Wow. I, for, I forgot the. I forgot the dude who who did the tats. It's like zero something, but I don't know. If you look up the baby's bodyguard, you'll find all that shit. Like he's. <laughs> you look up the baby's bodyguard. <laughs> Come on, don't do that to me. All right, so that was that was the ba- that was the baby dive. We took the dive on the baby. I don't know how. Yeah, we got we, there, we really but, did. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> we, mean. we just segued into a whole lot of different shit. <laughs> yeah, I told, <laughs> see, I told you. It's funny. This is well, what we do. Well, either way, going back to the um to the WAP video. I also like just before this found out that it's for wet and pushing. I don't know who the fuck they're kidding. It's for wet ass pussy. <laughs> I don't know where they got it. Someone said someone said wet and pushing. Wait, who said that? That's what that's what Please it's actually called. That's what the song is called. Oh, that's terrible. No. I yo, the video, the only video I can, I can find is the edited version. So it says wet and gushy. And I'm like, first of all, that's not W-A-P, that's W-A-G. Second of all, stop it. <laughs> Just stop it, wet and gushy. Yeah, I thought, like, I understand you can't market it as it is, but, like, that's why it's W-A-P. Right. Yeah, what would be the, what was the point of abbreviating it if we were also going to have to fucking extra, put extra security on that? I don't know, but what are I don't. But what 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 needs to be done in the culture that we can stop? There's different things that need to be stopped, and I'm trying to think of them. Like for one, when are we? Kylie Jenner. Kylie Jenner. Our rappers. Our rappers. Our rap. <laughs> not even that. I don't care about that because that, that's that's undoubtable. That 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 that's no, that's, that's guaranteed. <laughs> all um, all the Kardashians and Jenners need to be stopped. They're like the fucking Skywalkers of our universe. It's that one family taking up all the fucking vacuum of space with their drama. Yes, hashtag defund the Shoot Kardashian Jenners. <laughs> defund them! Defund them like the police! <laughs> defund them! I'm oh my gosh! Hashtag defund is- the Kardashian Jenners. <laughs> You gotta pay tax. You gotta pay annoying tax. <laughs> We're breaking up your accounts. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. I'm, I'm with the hashtag. Oh man. 
first the police, then the, well, then the Jenner Kardashians. Well, what I want to ask is, do rappers are rappers responsible for what kids do when they listen to their songs? To an extent, as is with all media, it, it, yeah. there is an extent to which you control what you say, and there is an extent to which parents allow what they allow their children to hear, and there's an extent to what the people promoting you and the label allow. So it, it's a very fine line, but, you know, we all have our parts to play in it. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I do agree that there's an extent. They're not responsible for what kids do, but they are an influence on what they do. Right. So you have a lot of these rappers that are, you know, that have gone to college. It's very well known that they've gone to college, but they rap about drugs, murder, sex, and all that other shit. And, you know, a lot of these kids don't know that, you know, that they've been to school and things like that. They don't think that these things are... What what word can I use? A literal? Like, yeah, they just don't know these things. So they think that, you know, that lifestyle is, you know, the way that it's supposed to be lived. When it's like, no, that's not how any of this works. <laughs> so, and it's like, you know, what we say yeah, in the arm, I'm responsible for what I say, not what you understand. Right. So that means I'm taking responsibility for what I said to you, but whatever you understand is your business. Right. It's like that kid who drowned from because uh, he was going to try to try to find SpongeBob. I mean, the creator oh of SpongeBob God, made this character. Story. Yeah, like the creator of SpongeBob made this character, and he's under the seat. Like, just because that, that doesn't you, you immediately equate to this being his fault. It's just you know, what are you explaining to your kids? Where you know, right? I mean, yeah, I overall, think- I think that people need to stop pretending like these things can't influence people. I mean, we looked at a music industry that for ye- since the nineties has marketed um, cars, alcohol, uh, clubs to go to and put these things in their songs for that point. But then we're supposed to pretend like uh, the sex and things, the, the violence and things, um, the type of guns that, that, that are, that are depicted in the stories that, that they're telling in the songs. Um, that these don't factor into that also. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. That is really yeah. true. There are kids, you have little kids that can name guns because of because of music they heard or because of Call of Duty and shit. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, definitely so, Call of Duty. I, I don't like, think it's oh, fair yeah, to say. People that can name guns solely off of Call of Duty. To, ah, Call of Duty. Right, yeah, so I we can't pretend do. that these things don't influence so then it can't be about the influential part of it. It has to be the behavior part of it and the censorship in terms of, you know, what uh, what Aaliyah was saying in terms of like, okay, you know, you have to watch what you show your kids. You can't right. you can't have your kid involved in everything. And I and personally, I mean, I don't have kids yet, but I think that that's harder than ever when you consider the fact that the internet is available for everyone 24-7. I was um, literally thinking those exact words as you were saying them out of your face. <laughs> that it's a lot it's a lot harder nowadays <laughs> like it's a lot ha- harder nowadays with the internet 
that it, it's going to be harder. These conversations are starting to have having to be had a lot earlier. Um, you know, I I don't think we're going to be actually able to measure ha- how good or bad this situation is. What is going on is is influence like. You know the measure of it, the the merit of it yet, but I think we just have to kind of roll with the punches and and educate our kids. You know, yeah, as much as possible. And that's what I think is the most important part because you know it is up to you know us as the adults with our children. Like I don't have kids yet either, but I take an approach of like where I want to be more responsible for my child and what influences them and what they do. So I realized that I can't control my kid 24-7 because when my kid goes to school, that's a stretch of time that they're away from me. And they have other environmental influences that are around them that, yes, I can teach them about, you know, if I know that they're in contact with these things. But then you have to also instill, you know, your child being vigilant about certain things like, okay, no, you can't go to the bottom of the pool and look for SpongeBob because SpongeBob is a cartoon. You know, these things are made up and they are fake. These are not real people. So you have to, you know, let them be kids and let them have that imaginative side to them. But you also have to instill the reality as well, because that's how people die. And that's how they get hurt, because there's an idea that's not rooted in reality that just leads them to do different things. Right. The the. And that goes for a lot of things, especially like video games and and music and even music. You know how much of this is real? How much of this? That's why uh, it's funny because I, for me, a lot of music uh, and the music that I consumed growing up, it was whether this is glorifying or not. Because there's a difference between something glorifying crime and drugs or just reporting that. And you know a lot in Wait, the beginning of that happens, and I understood that difference very early. Yeah, it was right. It was like this is what you know. They were like, oh, you know, rappers are just reporting what's happening out happening out here on the streets, and um, you know, I when I was listening to like Wu Tang, like Cream, was it was it Cream? Um, I mean, you could take any Wu Tang song that that depicted uh. New York City in the ugly side of New New York City. Any Wu Tang song, right? I used to I used to scheme for something to weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. Like like that shit. I was like, you can feel that. Like Nas, like Nas, and the people who you know tell these stories. It wasn't about oh, you should go out and do this. It was more like yo, this is this is really what I came through. This some crazy to shit I went through. Right. Right. And I and I definitely appreciate it, but you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't something that I asked, then aspired to go do. I'm a, I was more like, nah, I don't want, I don't, I'm not built for that life. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't need to um, continually be looking over my shoulder for people that want to hurt me. I'm good. Right. I mean, so yeah, I, so with this being said, too, um, I mean, like, I mean, just speaking in terms of. Uh, women and gun violence. We have to also look at how this video came out right after the situation that happened to Meg. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. I mean, in long story short, for anyone who like... isn't aware of the story, 
unfortunately we still don't really have like the whole story but i mean for what we do have uh Meg went to the Kyler, the, the Jenner's house with um <clears throat> with Tory Lanes. They got into a car together, and they're not sure if a car had driven by and had um shot off into their car. Well, that seemed like it was the initial story, and then it became that the shots came from inside of uh the car that Tory, Meg, and another person who won't be named was in. At first, she tried to say that it was glass that had cut her that had cut her feet, and later it came out that she was actually shot in the feet. Now it's being speculated that, you know, uh, Tory Lanez is the one who allegedly who allegedly was the one shooting, but we still don't have any answers. The only thing is, I don't know if you guys have seen that he was actually deported back to Canada. Right. Allegedly. There was a whole lot of confusion with that whether he was or he wasn't. And I think I read like a day or so ago that his rep said that it really wasn't true, that he wasn't deported. I didn't really care enough to read it to actually, you know, click and read the uh, the story about it. And I was just like, okay, I mean, I guess whether it's true or not, like, thank God, like, you know, Meg is safe, hopefully. And yeah, she, you still know, has, she still has both feet. Yes, and you know right. she's not These like they're not severely damaged or anything like that. Like she can still work and do whatever she loves to do, and that's all I'm glad for. Like I'm just glad that she's okay because we really could have been saying rest in peace, Megan Thee Stallion. Like that's how close that was, and it was so eye opening because it's like you know, especially as Black women, you know, it's like we're just that much closer to being killed. You know, because somebody doesn't have the emotional intelligence to just speak or just, you know, walk away or do whatever to, to defuse whatever situation. It's like, you you know, we can just become that much closer to being killed by someone because of that. Right. And it, it's kind of, to me, it was like, yo, what was he thinking? Like, if, if in fact the altercation played out the way you know, people are piecing together. I'm I'm guessing that they, you know, are not releasing more because of uh, the sensitivity and the it being an ongoing investigation or whatever. But what could have, like, just thinking about being an average dude, even if I was a person who owned a gun, allegedly, and I'm in a car and I, I'm in an argument with a woman, when I, at what point do I, am I like, you know what? I'm going to bust shots at her feet. Like, what the fuck? There's no argument that could have gotten so crazy that I was like, okay, now I need to shoot you. Yeah, it it, it goes beyond, like, like what we can even understand, you know? Because it's like, you know, the details around her are so vague. Right. And it's just like, you know, like you said, like, how do you get to that point, you know? It's, a, it's, it's weird. It's just really weird and stupid and again i'm just a regular dude like i don't have tori just went through this whole quarantine radio shit it was a good look for him at what point are you just like nah fuck all of that i'm going to shoot not even a regular not even another regular person or 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 a regular person even though it shouldn't matter but i'm a i'm a superstar i'm a celebrity i'm not gonna shoot a, a regular person i'm gonna shoot another celebrity in both their feet, and it's a woman, sure, this is going to work out for me. Like, none of that went through your mind at any point. 
reaching for the gun, you know, pulling back the hammer, like nothing. And then the fact that you he was already previously arrested and was a felon and shouldn't have had the gun anyway was the part that really got me. So it's oh, like, I didn't know you know that. what the fuck was like, like I didn't know that either. Yeah, he was a felon. So that's why they were talking about, you know, getting him deported because he had already, you know, committed a crime, which honestly I'm not even gonna start to get to lying about what it was that he did, but I, you know, happened to read that he was a felon and they were talking about deporting him because it's like, okay, you already committed one crime. Like, we kind of gave you a slap on the wrist for that. You're a felon. You're, you know you're not supposed to have any weapons. So why, why do you have one? And you injured someone and you could have killed them. Right. It, like, leave, if you feel like you're a person who needs to have a weapon, have security. Have good enough security that so that you don't have to Carry the weapon. Yeah, and it might sound ridiculous, but it's like, should you have security at one of these parties? Absolutely. But what does yeah, it look hell like? Yeah, I don't. If if I feel the need that I'm high profile enough slash under constant threat enough to need to carry a firearm on, on me, then fuck it. <laughs> security at the party. Yeah, that, that's, that's what big. I'm saying. I've, I've, said that, I've said that for years. If I feel like I gotta bring the gun to this party, I don't need to go. Exactly. Also, that you don't need to be there. And why are you bringing a gun to fucking the general residence? Yeah, because even that, it's like you know, and especially you need like an impartial party because I have questions. When he was in the pool, where did the gun go? That and like alcohol tends to intensify situations that are already you know, that have already escalated. So right. even with that being involved too, like you still need that impartial party to be like, all right, like you had enough, like let's go. Yeah, that, that, it, it, it doesn't make sense. I, again, I, it was emotional I'm, maturity. And, and he, again, he was in the pool. So I, I know when I get in the pool, I'm nervous even putting my phone by my pants and my towel and leaving it there. Let alone a whole gun. I got it unless on he me. Put, right, unless he put the shit. Me. And we can't even speak to that because that man passed away and put out all that content about having it on him and now he's gone. We, I don't, I don't even you, want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about like, that. Like, these people really need to have, like, even at the risk of looking like, you know, oh, you know, oh, I'm not soft. I, I, I carry my shit on me either way. I don't need nobody. Bro, you're not living that life anymore. You're worth something to people alive in, in more ways than one. Yeah, but then it's the out of jail. Don't get killed. You have somebody image. carry shit. It's the image, you know, and especially if, if you're marketed that way and that's how people have come to know you, that's an image. When do we look towards these labels to equip these people with security? Protect your investment if that's what you're Yeah, why does security come out of your advance? Exactly. But at the same time, yeah, we're also true. looking at the uh, the period of time where people are going more independent. But I feel like nobody nobody's educating this next generation of of artists on being independent or being under a label. Just there's just no guidance whatsoever. They're just they're just jumping into it, and it's a guessing game. Well, that and also because a lot of these artists are recruited out of the hood. You know, they they come from 
you know, lower socioeconomic statuses to where they never had this kind of money before. They've never had this kind of notoriety before. So it's it's overwhelming, but it's also a really great feeling. And, you know, that's why they go out and blow their money on cars. You know, maybe some, you know, invest in property. They buy, you know, they make sure that their families are good. But, you know, they, they've never had this kind of money before. So now it brings on a, a different kind of mentality, too. And then you have people like Fetty Wap who get on and they come back to the hood and then they wind up getting their ass whooped and robbed. And it's like, okay, you were here, you were part of this, this, this neighborhood and this, and this status for, for whatever time, but now you can't do this no more. Right. Yo, how's it been Fetty wet ass pussy all this time? that's that's not nice <laughs> I, didn't, I mean honestly i really i didn't know he got dumped though i mean this just goes i with, didn't know that uh, either yeah it uh, happened the long like, list of rappers are we in trouble with the things happening to <laughs> yeah this happened like years ago because and it was so funny because i had met him oh. years prior because my cousin lives in patterson and she had her own hair salon and i would go to her to get my hair done and the second like, person I know that has met Fetty Wap. He, so actually, he actually stopped to talk to me. And I just, hood dudes aren't my type. So I just kind of brushed it off anyway. And my cousin had told me about him because he had walked by the window. And she was like, oh, you ain't see Fetty? Like, and I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, you know, I didn't <laughs> know him from a can of paint. And I was like, I really don't care. And she was like, oh, that's Fetty Wap, the rapper who has X, Y, and Z song. I forgot whatever song he had came out with by then. Word like, and I didn't realize it until I saw the video, and I was like, "That's that dude that tried to talk to me when I was in Patterson," and it didn't. Like, I was like, "Damn, like that's crazy." Like, I up a low rapper. Like, it was up a low. Got put on. Like, (laughs) ooh, I'm telling. Hey, he noticed. You know, you you get your money. You get your money. you, You know, you break that other man off. You make hey, sure you that's... make sure he gets his piece. That's all. Get the bag and get out. Exactly. But then it's just like you know what we were. What I think we were trying to like segue into was the whole like plight of black women. You know, being with rappers and being in the industry, and you know, the abuse and things that they that they endure. And it's just like wow. Like, and not even the in the industry, just in general, like. Like in the last, in another podcast, you know, I was saying to Devon that um, it's kind of it's difficult in the black community, especially where this where our manip where the manipulation of our our race and and us ends, and where our own personal responsibility begins, and it's such a difficult. Thing to look at because the, the relationship between men and women, of course, changed during slavery. 
mm-hmm. and how we look at each other and what we value about each other and how we treat each other. And it put black women in this compromise and a very compromising position of having to put up with black men, even if they weren't shit, you know, and mm-hmm. abusing them. Yeah. And, you know, and because, we can see it with the, the protests that have been happening, you know, when y'all get shot, who's who's on the front lines? It's us. But then y'all turn around and like, well, I'm not going to say y'all, but like black men turn around and kill us. And it's like, we're the same women that are here for you. And like, even like Ed and I, we have these conversations like about colorism and how black men shit on a lot of black women you know, for white women and the Kylie Jenners and the Kendall Jenners and the Kardashians. I don't understand. But they're not there. You know, they're not doing the work that, it that you know, Black women do in the community. And, you know, just some of the language I see a lot of Black men carry as far as, you know, Black women is like, oh, y'all bitches is just aggressive and y'all this and y'all that and y'all mean and like everything but the child of God. But it's like, if you were shot today, I would be on the front lines, on like, you know, protesting, telling them to say your name and to remember you. I'm pushing to, you know, defund the police or do whatever I need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen to someone else. But here you are shitting on me for, for, for you know, this light-skinned chick or this white chick or this foreign or this exotic who's not there for you. You know, I just want to remind quickly that, you know, there is this sensationalizing of different kinds of women. And it's like, well, even in this case where Kylie Jenner was sensationalized and her sister couldn't show up for her husband during a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, all these other celebrities, uh, Kevin Hart showed up, Dave Chappelle showed up, but his own wife didn't show up for him. You know what I'm saying? Hey, well, exactly. You're absolutely right there. And to, to Aliyah's point, that's where I feel like it's that pendulum swings both ways because I don't I don't know about you Devon but I can't tell you how many times I've heard that niggas ain't shit from from women and niggas like you know and and it's that's that's what I'm starting where do we I've heard niggas ain't shit I've heard from niggas I've heard niggas ain't shit from women who had no business saying nigga but that's a whole different thing Oh, I mean, like Ooh, I mean, that's the whole podcast for another day. That's a, like that. That's a whole other podcast. But it's like, when do we stop? You know, taking in that propaganda that w- that was given because that that is definitely propaganda. This is how this is how these people are. This is how your men are. This is how your women are. And that's why when you have videos like this. And then I've seen people like, oh, it's sad that this is what black women think they have to offer the only thing. No, nah, it's just a, it's, it's, it's music, it's art. This is what, like, watch the video. It's, it's a well, dope video. Like, well, it's straight away from that point. It's like taking, you know, taking away who you are so that I may address you as who I think you are. And therefore, I treat you in the way that I feel is appropriate to what I make out of you. You know what I'm saying? That's really right. sad, and it's uh, it's crazy manipulative. Yeah, and like to, and like just you know, speaking from the position of of a black woman, I can't speak for all black women. It may be different for them, but you know what I see as far as how black women are treated, even outside the community, 
it's mainly because of the, the views of black men, especially the ones who date outside the race. You know, they're like, oh, well, I don't like these black children. You know, I don't, you know, black women. And, you know, I don't want my children to be black. I don't want my kids to be dark. I want them to be mixed because, you know, mixed kids are just more pretty and, you know, Black women don't have nothing to offer but ass, titties, and pussy, and, you know, just all of that, that kind of rhetoric. And guess what these women do? They come on, you know, on social media and antagonize us with that same rhetoric. And it's like, okay, we know where you got this from. And they feel superior because Black women make them feel superior. Well, I mean, not to, um, not to... Damn, I had a I had a I had a good question. I can't remember right now. Shit. Um Oh, okay. So I was thinking like what if See, for the difference between black men and black women is that is an is an opportunity. A peculiar opportunity that's neither right nor wrong per se. But I mean, just to give you guys an idea of what I'm thinking, like what if these black men approach these different kinds of women because they don't have to go through what they went through at that point you know what i'm saying so take for example you have a black man that specifically targets a white woman so that he so that his child doesn't have to live with the same hardships that he had versus black women regardless they choose white man indian man whatever the case is it's always going to be a black child after that I, I see what you're getting at, but the the difference is is because black men treat women outside of the race as a status symbol. White women to black men are a symbol are a status symbol because that means that they figure, okay, they've made it out of the hood, they got this white woman, they're gonna automatically have a better life, and you know, here are black women minding our black ass businesses, and then we get dragged into the shit. It's like, oh, well, well, dark-skinned women are just mean and they're just awful and this and that. And it's like, okay, you can do all of that, but we, we don't care. But then... Well, okay, I understand why your mother, your mother might be all those things, but not mine. Right. My theory on why they target women outside of the race, and this is probably going to be a real hot take, my theory has always been that right, you know, for, for men that actively seek out white women or women that are not black is because they don't like their mothers. Hear me out. I think a lot of these black men don't like their mothers is because who do black who does a black woman most remind you of? Your mother. Right. So if you had a, a, a relationship I mean, with your that's... mother where she you felt that she because to take the garbage out or to do this or do that you don't want to date someone like that because that's the person who closely reminds you of your mother and see for me it's it becomes i believe like this becomes a whole web of things because you can have a mother that's overbearing you can have your mother be the same person who talk shit crazy shit about your father to you you don't even know the man who knows the situation that led to them being not together maybe he's not in your life maybe he is but she's still talking wild trash about him and that's all you know so now you're thinking this is this is what black women are which mm-hmm. is not fair and it's not right but that's that what's con- that's what contributes that's what to that know, you have, 
you have black women that don't that only look for white men because niggas is dirty and they're dogs and then that that's fed from the opposite side and that's what the propaganda feeds them and then you know you have black men that like these black women and they're like nah i don't date black dudes and then now they're now they're off in the in the opposite direction and 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 we have pieces of it that are just this guy's going for this white woman because she's a status symbol and then you know there's that part to it and it and it's so many working pieces that just have to be picked apart and and the leading the leading part because i think about it more so in the time where we couldn't even make that move as using white women as a status symbol if we're talking about you know the dynamic of like the early 1900s and and 18 and 1800s where it was blacks married black and that was it the women were often you know put upon and 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 this was it i go out to work this is my business you handle everything else at home mm-hmm. and that is something that we're we haven't moved past because right after that it was like well we're going to send all your black men to jail so now you don't have black men at home now you have a whole bunch of boys being black men to war yeah or you and then you have all these black boys being raised by just other black boys and then you have gang culture that pops up and we're searching for father figures and then you have women that are just having babies and babies that are having babies and and right. you know like like I watch, you know, I I would I couldn't do it because it's how I was raised. But I would never curse around my kids with the the emphasis that I've seen that I've seen in our own community. And it's yes. like, yo, yes, what are you like, doing? I don't what curse you around doing? my mom to this day. Oh heck no! Yeah, are you I kidding? Me? I I get real. I only get all. I only I get his mom must be in the room. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> like you, you see it. You see the position that put me in. Like. I, I don't do it. I like I said, I do comedy sometimes. I get on stage. I can say what I want there, but she'll joke with me. She's like, "Oh, you getting beat for that one?" I'm like, "No, no, 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 you can't." <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, it was a joke. It was a joke. It was a prank, dude. It was a prank. <laughs> like, but it's it, like there's so many moving parts, and I think the essential what we really have to look into now is, you know. Protecting our black women again. I've seen. I've heard a lot of dudes that were like, "Oh, I'll punch that bitch in the face." Ah, 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 and it's like, "Yo, what are you talking about? That's a whole woman." Like, and what are you doing? And it's because, and see, and this is why these non-black women and non-black men feel it's okay to disrespect black women because guess where they're getting it from? The people who are supposed to lead us, the black men. So it's like, okay, if they're getting this, this this idea from you that you know, we can treat black women like, you know, because you guys treat black women like trash. We can do that shit too because right. you guys do it. So, you know, what's the point? And like, even when I saw that video of those boys putting that girl in that, in that garbage can, I was livid. Like, I was livid like it was my own daughter. And I remember looking at Ed and I was like, I swear to God, if it was I my son, believe, yeah, I, I believe that shit. chest into his back. Like, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't imagine. I was like, how dare you? Like, and there was no one, no one said, hey, like, 
this is a, a woman, nonetheless. This is a woman and a black woman. Why are we gotta why do we gotta do this? Or even like, beyond that, guy, I mean a skateboard because she wouldn't talk to him. Like this is the shit that like that they that the world sees. And they're like, okay, if they treat their women like this, we can treat them like that too. And 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 the and thing is, I think we have too. an advantage. I think we have an advantage of being able to to teach. Like this is this is definitely the time and the movement to do it. If you don't give anyone else a second thought, give other be, other black people a second thought. If you if you're not going to give that leeway to any other anybody else, look at that in person and be like their struggle. Is is gonna is somehow mirroring my struggle? Maybe I don't do this ridiculous shit that I'm about to do because you have and 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 not to what about is in this, but you have black women that that need to be protected, and you have situations like I just saw some article about some woman who ran over her husband because of. The, some wild shit, and then oh, the other yeah, woman, right? Yeah, and then the other woman who shot her her boyfriend or husband because he didn't want to have an argument with her, and I'm like, yo, that's nuts. And and whatever that comes from, that's coming from somewhere. That's some kind of pain. That's some kind of something. Again, how PTSD? Where does the personal responsibility? Right. Where does the yeah, personal that's, responsibility that's lie? This probably would need a part two because then now it goes into the mental health effects of right. just being black and you know being in a community where we have to deal with each other and there's so much history and you know things that go on to like how we think and how we do things and how we interact as black men and black women to each other. Right. And it was it was something that it seems like we haven't moved on from because we had we had a time before where it was okay to hit a woman like it was in movies it was considered oh yeah she gets out if she gets a little lippy you know you have to nip that in the bud and then in the black community it was just like we never really tried away from that it was like okay yeah we can just continue that or in some form of that it just never went away and again i think i think a large large part of that is we got this information pushed into us and and this is how black men are and this is how black women are and they're just these video vixen and there's just these rapper niggas who are gonna dog you and they go to jail and this like we drink that kool-aid and and now we are in such a bind and just getting out of that is essential we need it to survive yeah and like what like what I've definitely been seeing, like especially when, of course, you had made that post shade about you know protecting black women and like what can black men do. And when I commented and said like that's for you guys to figure out, like you know, black women have been teaching and we've been telling you guys like okay, this is what we need, this is what we need from you, this is what we need to feel protected. But then it that that narrative changed, you know, to some black men saying, well, I protect my mother, my sister, or my aunt, or whatever. And, you know, my girlfriend or this girl that I'm fucking, and that's about it. So it's like, why is the protection only limited to someone you're related to or you're attracted to? It should be all black women. Like, if God forbid you're in the street and you see some some black woman being beat in the street, just because she's not your sister or your family member doesn't mean that you keep walking down the street. Protecting black women means I protect all black women, even black women I don't know. It's not just limited to, oh, I'm attracted to you or... 
there's something that I need from you. So I'm going to protect you under the guise that, you know, I'm going to get what I need from you and I'm just going to discard you anyway, or just that, you know, you're a family member or that I'm attracted to you. So it's like, it should be extended to all black women, not just a select few. Right. Which, which also speaks yeah, to just something that would start the, start the, start the wheels rolling on something positive on an an overall positive thing within the community. Yeah. I I was going to say, it also speaks to, you know, that's why I said we have the advantage of sharing that, this melanin, this beautiful melanin that we have. Uh, Because in general, you know, if you see someone in some kind of distress, you should be able to empathize. It's, It's funny because, I I always tell people like humans consider themselves civil, but I think the real mark of civility is uh, altruism, which is something that we don't have yet. So I still consider us kind of like basically animals, just really educated, like intelligent animals. And in that altruism, you have to say, oh, okay, this person is going to hurt. It's of course, don't put yourself in danger. Don't put your own self in danger because there are many situations where you'll see something and run in and then now you're shot in the head and this person is fine or, you know, but looking, and then I say we have the advantage because, you know, now you can make that connection through empathy. Oh, this is a black woman. This is, it's not my mom, my sister, but this, look at history. Look at what we've been through. We, we got to stop this right now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely think I definitely think we have that advantage. That and like, you know, I would always say like look at how differently we're raised as black women and black men. You know, we're raised differently and we're not we're not raised to be compatible with one another. So, meaning if I as a black woman meet a black man, we won't see you know, ourselves the same way because, you know, a lot of Black women are, you know, now have degrees. A lot of them, you know, do things for themselves. And, you know, some Black men do have that, but some don't. And, you know, feel intimidated by, you know, by a woman that's like that. But we're just not, we're just not raised to see one another as a compatible mate. We just see each other as somebody that, you know, we have to kind of like one up or be better than. And I think that's part of the reason why too. And that's why a lot of the reason why a lot of black men don't see black women as being capable of being taken care of because we're raised to be so headstrong and to like, you know, be self-sufficient and do whatever we have to do for ourselves and to take care of our families. But a lot of black men don't have that teaching where it's like, okay, your wife will take care of you. You're like, you know, your wife is, so black women are basically taught to be an extension of the mother. Because if you think about it, if you ask a random black man what he thinks a woman should be, he's going to automatically describe a slave. Oh, she's got to be compassionate. She's got to be submissive. And that's the one huge thing that fucking rattles my cage every fucking time a black man saying that a black woman needs to be submissive. So it's like, okay, what do you mean me being... Well, do you think that's the majority? Do you think that's a majority? I, well, yeah. first, I mean, what's your idea on submission? Wait, wait, wait. 
Uh, I guess. Okay, yeah, go with that. Sure. What's the question? <laughs> what, what's your idea on it. submission? My idea on submission, just like mine is, I would submit. Like you have to give me something to submit to. Like you can't just tell me to to give myself to you in such a way that I follow behind you and I follow you blindly. Like you could be lead me into being broken destitute. I don't know. So it's like I have to do whatever I have to do to protect myself and you know my achievements and the things that I've built because right. I can't give them up because you can decide to leave at any time and I'm stuck because I followed you and I gave you everything and you leave with all of that and you give it to the next woman. So I can't fully submit to somebody who doesn't show me that they have something that I can submit to. And that's that's one thing, number one, a lot of people, a lot of men kind of uh, don't understand what submission is they think it's just you follow me into anything <laughs> and then that's it you do what i say but it's not it's exactly what you described you do what I and, it, and it's funny right and then i don't know if you you've seen um atlanta but the episode there's an episode where they go to a party where uh i forgot zazie beats character and her friends go to a party and one of their friends who is this very beautiful dark-skinned woman sees i think someone famous at the party with a white woman and the conversation between them is so well written and so well thought out. And the woman is like saying, it's not, you know, his fault that we're in love. And, you know, I stuck with him while he was grinding and, you know, that was all, there was ample time for any black woman to step in. Exactly. The, uh, the friend, the dark, dark yeah. woman was like, we don't have time for that. We don't have time always. We don't have the privilege to support niggas' dreams because we also have very little. So if you have two people with very little trying to make it on a, a wing of prayer, we don't know what can happen. We don't know where we can fall. And I think of uh, an important thing that I, I, I feel observation, I don't know if it's only women of color, women in, in large in part, you know, I feel like there is a, the, the two biggest things that I've seen nowadays is I need to feel listened to and heard, and I need to feel safe. If you can't, if you, if there's no, uh, not pattern, exactly. but if you don't have any security in what you do and how you act and and I can't be with you. It's not going to work out. I I think that is that's something that you know men need to focus on. But in our conversation that we were having, Aaliyah, and and you saying that you know it's not up to women to have this conversation, I was saying that the pitfall in that I I agree, but that there is a pitfall in that of just men playing this game of telephone of I heard this is what women want and they pass mm -hmm. that on and pass that on and at some point it gets just as jumbled like the message gets fucked up into yeah, where, and I feel like where I, I talk to people about that all the time where they're measuring well not measuring but they're fighting themselves of 
what society tells you to want in a relationship, male or and female, that, and what your partner actually wants. And, and what, what you recognize as do, you are, we can teach, not only male and female, and we can do these things, All but right, here's the thing, we can do that, but are you going to listen? <laughs> and then it's like you have men who think that what we say is not right, and right. it's not our That's experience. And, you know, you have a lot of men who get very defensive and it leads to a like a non like an unproductive um, conversation where you have some men who completely shut down when you have when you tell them, I don't feel safe. I don't feel like you value me. I don't feel that you listen to me. I feel that I'm constantly giving and I'm not getting anything back from you. And. A lot of men be like, well, I give you this and I give you this and I give you money to get your hair, your nails done and this and this. But it's like it's not material things. Yes, you give me these things, but you're not pouring back into me what I give you from the heart. And that's that's an important aspect of a relationship where if I'm giving things to you and I'm doing things for you, you know, I need that back because you can't pour from an empty cup. It has to be given back to me. So and then you have a lot of men who hear that, and I, I'm going right. to say that a lot of them feel right. ashamed that they aren't doing as best as they thought they were doing. So they shut down. Well, 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 then I guess I don't have to give you anything or, you know, we don't have to talk about this because, you know, I'm just the wrong one. And what they don't get is we're not saying that you're wrong. We're saying this is not what I'm getting from you. Yes, you thought you were giving it to me, but this is not what I'm getting from you. So where can we go from here? But then a lot of that for a lot of men, it comes out as anger. I don't. Uh, yeah. What, <laughs> what, what, right. Well, so I don't. I, I'm so wait, 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 Don't you don't you speak? Shut up, <laughs> uh, Aria. That is because I want to speak to, to exactly what that I can't again I can't speak for all men I can't speak for all black men especially since I have a very uh I would say uh, not unique but different experience than a lot of other men and black men but I can speak to I know the difficulties I see a difficulty in our culture as, and uh, and black men in talking and receiving that message coming from emotional distress and not knowing how to to deal with those things part of it being how we deal with each other part of it how we how, part of it being how we've seen uh other people deal with us a part part of it being how uh seeing how women have in our culture treat emotional black men like it's never ends up very well part of it is having to having to be strong having to constantly be that rock you know even not for black men just in in the black community we lose a lot of our childhood like you see mm -hmm. white people being a lot freer and other cultures being a lot freer because they get to be kids I think the definition of being an adult, no matter what age you are, is the amount of responsibility you have. And 
as a kid, if your whole responsibility is making sure you get home safe and that maybe, you know, your parents aren't all together and, and doing the right thing. So now you have to take care of brothers and sisters or whatever dynamic you have where you're supposed to take care of somebody else. Like there's a lot of pressure and a lot of things put on you where you don't even get to be that child. And then for men, you know, you have the, these niggas ain't shit. You have the expectations of the hood. You have, if you're not in the hood, if you're just in the burbs, you have just the expectations of what it is to be a black man, how you express yourself. There's a lot piled onto you and you can't like, and I don't, like in the beginning of this podcast, when I'm like, <laughs> I said, you know, I'm not the best right now. I'm trying to get more used to even that because most dudes would be like, "No, nah, I'm good." Yeah, nah, I'm, th- this is this is whatever. You know, cops are killing us in the streets. I'm good. We're not good. So many of us are not good. Are not okay. And then we have to sit and have this conversation with someone who's trying to, you know, express themselves freely and we feel caged or unable to explain or, or don't have the emotional IQ to express ourselves correctly. And then all that pent up stuff gets into, well, this is this, this is that. I'm, I'm not going to listen to this. This isn't valid. Like it gets thrown away. So it's such a, it's such a, uphill battle but it's not something that can't be won right. it's important right. we pay attention to all that stuff that, that can work. be again uh, like that's a big part of it doing the work you know that is a I don't want to get off off topic because this is about protecting black women that is a whole other conversation another podcast yeah. entirely and like you know of you know it's more like a personal you know story for me like uh, a conversation i had like even with ed and i you know i'm in the military you typically don't see couples that are like that where the woman is in the military as opposed to just the man like people at the laundry will see me folding my uniforms and things like oh is your husband in the military it's like no it's me right and they're like (laughs) they're like no it's me <laughs> what? Nah, that's crazy. Yo, that is crazy. First laundry. of all, mind your fucking business. <laughs> first of all, mind your fucking business. Like, you know what's that's funny because the first, my first, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, they're gonna ask if she's in the military, <laughs> and, and no, that's that's interesting. And this, and this, and that's the kind of shit that I'm talking to. Or, or like, I'm talking to like having conversations like this to hear that kind of thing because I would never think like that's my I guess that's kind of my privilege Mm -hmm. if someone's talking to me about something that I'm doing or something I'm dealing with they're talking directly to me about it like it's (laughs) relation to me they're coming to you like oh is your husband in the military like fuck you like well, what the fuck? Like, you don't see this is shit is in my hand. Like, my automatic exactly. I'd have been like, "Oh, are you in the military?" And you know, but it, then again, it, I'm not like, talking to random people in the fucking laundry like that. About, Let me you know, protecting black women as well, because <laughs> you know, often he falls into the stereotype of typecasting me as far as me being a dark skinned black woman, and especially a woman that speaks very straightforwardly. I'm automatically thought of as aggressive, and I'm labeled as aggressive. 
and have been many times. And he would always say, well, why are you yelling at me? And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just speaking to you. And I'm just asking you to do this one thing. And I would always tell him, I'm like, you know, that makes me feel way less protected because I go out into the world and this is the view of me, of, you know, people outside of me. So God forbid somebody sees me being beaten in the street. They'll think, okay, yeah, she's, you know, she's a black woman. She's tough. Like she can, you know, she can handle and especially if they know that I'm in the military, that's even more of a hands-off approach and even more of a justification right. to kind of just leave me to, you know, be beaten on. Exactly. So, and it's like, exactly. So it's like, you know, I tell him, and you, I'm and like, you, you know, shouldn't have, have to be, be mindful so that, you should, yes, I'm in the military, but still a woman. You know, you as my future husband are, you know, you're supposed to protect me in ways that, you know, I can't, I can protect myself. Yes. But what's, what's the point of having you here if I can do it by myself? And, you know, we would talk about these things and he's like, yeah, like I never thought about it like that. And I'm like, well, damn, like, I know that you ain't even think about it like that. And that's a, and that's the thing. Right. A lot of black men take offense to black women saying we don't feel safe, we don't feel protected, we want to be protected as a stain on their character. We're not saying that you're a terrible person because you don't protect us. We're saying we need this from you. Right. And it, and it doesn't I mean, just, what? and and in, and in saying that, it doesn't mean you, this person that is reading this or that is hearing this, you are the, you're not protecting us. And it's it's just, it's it's not you may not be hitting your woman you may not be uh, verbally abusing but there are there's many different ways that people can feel they need protection you're not going to yeah, catch them all like, unfortunately in a in a in a world where in a world where men aren't expected to fail men aren't allowed to fail so to speak it's hard to hear from a woman like you're not doing the bare minimum of what your job should be as a protector. You're not doing your job. It's it's hard to hear that. So it is going to be an attack on character. It is going to be something that really can cut deep. And I think, I mean, maybe is there another way to communicate that? I don't think it's, it's I don't think it's about that. I don't think it's about finding another way to communicate it. It's, this is, that's what the work is. Like we were talking about, that's our, our, our burden to, figure out how we how we take that kind of information because it's not said maliciously it's not said you know to cut us down you you have to just look at it like when um i've seen a lot of people post and be like oh well white people do this white people do this white people do this and then uh, you know i have white friends and stuff that are like yeah when i see that i know what they're talking about i know who they're talking about it doesn't hurt me this is something that black people go through and i have to just watch my own self and know when you know when i see other people doing it to check them it's the same thing if this is what they're talking about and maybe you don't fall under the category of the extreme but there are still places where you can you know pick yourself up and protect yeah. black women and also make sure others follow suit well i guess i'm saying it like this also i'm saying in the way that it's like you know 
I mean, not to necessarily compare this to being at a job, but that's just what comes to mind right now. Like at a job, you get a warning, you get a verbal warning, you get written up, so on and so forth. But if the first thing I hear from you is, you know, I'm not protected, I don't feel protected here. That's like telling me you're on your, you're on your way out the door. So it's, it's, it's almost like saying, if I'm hearing Why? you're on your way out the door over and over again, because like mm-hmm. I said, you're not even, you're not even performing at the bare minimum of protecting. You see what I'm saying? But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not something that cuts that deep. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, you shouldn't take that so hard. I, again, that, that's a pressure that we put on ourselves. Well, not that we put on ourselves alone, but that is projected so if upon you're providing, us. You're not if providing, then what, then what else, how else can you feel? But that you're but not it's doing not what that you're, you're supposed not to be providing. doing. Or it's, or it's not even that. It's not that definitive. It's you're you're messing up in this aspect of a large. You're messing up in a small circle of a larger circle. If you take that smaller circle and then make it the larger circle, yeah, you're gonna feel some type of way. But you gotta realize what is being said is mm-hmm. not the end all be all. It's just and this the, one part and, and the thing that is, you you need to check yourself in. That's it. I'm saying that's how it can come across. So men are are, are priding themselves as, on protecting. When we get to that, as women, right. and that's, we get but to that's that where point, the work needs. That's not on us. That's not on them. What you're not doing. That's not what, what they're saying. We've long been asking you to do it. You just don't realize it at that point. So at that point, when it's like that dead explicit, most likely she's on her way out the door, and that's why a lot of black women are saying we're we're, we're tired of teaching. Because we've been saying it and it still keeps happening. So our energy will only be on ourselves and our children because it's just something that that there's a disconnect between the communication. And it also shows us how, as Black men, how you guys communicate. Because if you, you know, take offense to us saying, you know, we're not protected, we don't feel safe. And you automatically come at me with that anger that shows me that you're not willing to communicate with me and you're not understanding what I'm saying to you. And it means that you're taking what I'm saying at face value as opposed to understanding what I need from you. So, and that's how I tell Ed all the time, you can't get angry with me. You have to tell me what you need. Because if you don't tell me what you need, you're dismissing. You're, we're not having a conversation. We're having an argument. Right. So and see, and that's what that. the first thing. If he is mad, what's wrong with you? What do you need from me? Right. And that's when the conversation happens because he says, "Well, I need, and I feel this way because I'm not getting what I need." And that's exactly what black women are saying. We're angry, and we feel this way because we're not getting what we need. Right. And I, I think that that was to, I hope I wasn't before because I can just thinking about it, I hope I wasn't talking in a whole bunch of circles and shit. But in saying that coming at it with that anger, that's where I, for me, again, it's like how much of this is black men and how much of this is outside forces that has molded, that has, you know, surrounded this us you know, in this, um, that, that it's become a part of us. And like, what amount of accountability are, are we to take here? Which is why when you, when we were having our discussion 
I was like, we need more conversations, even though, of course, the burden does not fall on Black women to, you know, teach this lesson for, you know, the umpteenth time. It's different for Black men because it's the the way we're expressing ourselves is completely different. We have a completely different (laughs) mindset and... I'm getting lost in the sauce and I'm trying to explain. We ultimately have to learn together. It can't just be this side is going to teach the other side because it's like they're women, we're men, we operate differently. So it's like, it's got to be enough learning on both sides that we meet in the middle rather than you try to teach me. And then I just try to do what you have me do, but that's not natural to me. You see what I'm saying? The difference right. is that right. is a lot of black stuff. men do not that. take accountability. Well, I felt you. I felt and you. <laughs> knowing how to take accountability requires emotional intelligence. And a lot of them have not learned how to be emotionally intelligent. So they don't know how to take accountability right. and they don't know what that means and they don't know what that looks like. So instead of fixing right. it, they, you know, they, they plant their feet in whatever argument it is they have, whether they they're wrong or right, and it doesn't facilitate a conversation. So it's like, until we can get past, I don't feel safe, right. and what do you need from us or what do you need from me, we'll never get past that. Right. And you know, it's so it's so interesting. I I, I took in what uh, I don't know if you heard it when Dave Chappelle was uh, doing his special and he was talking about something and he was like, I, I did something that a lot of us black men don't get to do, which was I sat down and I thought about how I feel that that hit deep for me because I was like, that is so I know so many men older than me. I feel like a lot of us now are trying to break our, you know, you know, old habits, health and, stigmas. Yeah, we're, I, yeah, I think we're, I think we're really tr- like the most we've ever tried, especially because you know there's so much, so many things going on with people's identities and sexualities and whatever. We have the most room that we've ever had, but to hear him say that and and describe the time to think about how you feel as a luxury, it really is, and especially for people that are constantly trying, just moving and trying to get something and trying to get somewhere mm-hmm. and and nobody has time f- to play games and, and to think about those feelings where for, I think, you know, not to generalize, but I think for women that kind of, that comes kind of naturally and for men, we, we have to be allowed that time or we have to take that time to, to mold that emotional IQ. And if you ask me, I think that honestly, men should do it together. You know, I don't think there's, there's only so much use. I think doing it alone just reinforces the same masculine ideas. I think that doing it together could break a barrier in which we start to understand each other. I mean, we have communicated about things, you know, emotionally in terms of, um, I mean, we talk in terms of, in terms of, uh, engagement stuff, marriage stuff, um, 
just the way the way that we can feel through the through the different um through these through the different levels through the different evolutions so to speak and, and um, i don't feel like it gets talked about enough that's why i try to talk to people about what what that transition is like because it is just that it is a transition right and and, and it's funny i think we've seen you know personally between the three of us talking about someone else who we were having this conversation with, we've seen what it's like when you try to do that work alone, where you end up a very open-minded, closed-minded person or a very closed-minded, open-minded person, where you have all these thoughts and ideas and they're mm-hmm. pretty radical, but they're just down this one path. There's no room for deviation. And then you sound like an idiot. <laughs> so. I think I'm a closed-minded, open-minded person. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I'll be feeling a lot, but I don't be saying a lot until like it really comes down to it. Then I'll open up the door and I'll say how I feel, but then I just go and close it again. I do, I, I feel too much sometimes. Depending, I don't think that's yeah, allowing myself to. I don't think that's being closed. Yeah, minded. and you I think know, that's just being closed. And that that and that close, happens where we have to change yeah, the language go. around close emotion. What <laughs> masculine and what's feminine, for lack of a better word. And emotions are not a gendered thing. If you really think about it, we all get anxious. We all get sad. We all cry. We all get scared. And we have to change the the, the, the verbiage around emotion to where it's become a female thing as opposed to a masculine thing. And it's like we all have emotions. We're human. We all express the same range of emotions. So why is it that? See, I don't even think it's about emotion because, I mean, even as no, men, we've definitely gendered we still, emotion. We still experience all these things. No, we 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 do, we experience the same exact things. I think between men and women, the only thing it really comes down to is: do I allow do I allow yeah, anybody else to see it? Or not? it do I allow anybody else to accept that I women feel these are, things? It's more acceptable you know I mean? for women to show emotion it, than it, it is it for men, which is valued. Which it shouldn't be because yeah, no, that, emotions are not gendered. And it just depends on it's, it depends on what emotion that is because it's about what we value. The emotion of a, a anger and uh, you know just strong-headedness and, and you know that kind of thing, if you're a man, that's what you want. You want that, uh, that testosterone, alpha emotion and energy. But when you're a woman, they, you want the love and the affection and the, we flip those and then it's not appreciated. And that's exactly what, you know, Aaliyah was talking about where you flip it onto black women and you're like, oh, black women are angry and then the, and they're this and they're loud. And so, I mean, even if we wanted to say that, then let them be angry and listen to what they're saying. They have something to be angry about. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a dude and you're angry, what do you do? You listen to that dude. Why? Because, you know, in a, a stereotypical sense, he is a threat. He is a man. He can do this. He can be strong, blah, blah, blah. But if that guy is uh, affectionate and compassionate in that, we don't want that because we don't need that from you. We don't want to hear what that is from you. We want to hear that from the women. And so we do. We we definitely gender those emotions where if we just go, okay, we're all human. We all have these emotions. So exactly. that's exactly what I was how, saying. How we deal with them should is what should change. 
Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I don't see. We didn't. Oh, I'm start, sorry. I hope I didn't cut you off. These... No, no, you didn't. You didn't. We didn't even start with these points. No, not you, and, nigga. I, mean, I was I talking about like, to Aaliyah, just... not you. Shut up. <laughs> you met me. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though these weren't the you know initial points, I mean, I feel like there are a lot of things that we were able to get to that pe- I feel like people can take home with them, take the work, take take in take in everyday life, and just start making some changes. You know what I mean? Because I mean, like I said, again, the whole point is that, you know, we communicate to the other people of our generation and, and we all change together so that we can have a better future together. Um, I don't know. I mean, I appreciate, I definitely appreciate the, um, I definitely appreciate the points that have been brought up and I hope that this episode receives a lot of feedback indirect, directly to, um, directly to the mental health and psychology between men and women and hopefully you know we can engage in those conversations like i said of of men not just thinking about their feelings alone or women not thinking about their feelings alone or trying to teach of just people trying to learn together people don't have to be together yeah, to learn exactly together either. and just, just you know take friends, the time to learn you know just have a it's, conversation it's not hard you know we're, we're in the age of information everyone has a smartphone and you you can do the research on your own and how do you guys feel right now? Yeah, Shane, how do you I'm feel? Because you are the one who wasn't feeling You feel it. nice afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey, that's, you know, it was, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, right, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for having me here. Aaliyah, always a pleasure. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here on this last song. Uh, this is uh, "Imagination" by The Temptations. Take it out. This is "What Ass <laughs> Pussy" by Cardi B. <laughs> <and Mike Stallion. laughs>